Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Abiding Together. And we have a very special guest on today that we cannot wait for you to meet. And um, yeah, kind of like our finishing installment really of our Four Women Doctors of the Church. We just want to say thanks again to all of our listeners and the tremendous feedback we've received from the from the series. It's blessed us also, and it just sounds like that God is blessing so many of you. So um, anyway, Michelle, Heather, how are we doing before we introduce our very special guest? How y'all doing real quick? Michelle? I'm doing good. I have my coffee in hands. It's a beautiful fall morning, and I can't wait for y'all to meet our special guest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all bursting at the seams because yeah. we yeah. just love them so much. Um, so I'm doing good. Heather, how are you? I'm doing great. Super excited. Yeah, Sister Miriam, just jump right in. I feel okay. like yeah, let's yeah, not we got it. We got it. Okay, so we interview people on our on our show from time to time, and um, we have a very special guest, one of my very, very, very dear friends, uh, a wonderful, wonderful, holy, amazing priest from Baton Rouge, the Diocese of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I would like to welcome to the show Father Josh Johnson. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Praise Yay. Jesus Christ. What's up, ladies? <laughs> Father Josh, you and I are just meeting for the first time, and I think I just want to ask the question that's burning on everybody's heart who doesn't know you. How do you take your coffee? Oh, oh. I, oh Sister Miriam's laughing don't right now. Don't you dare tell that story. Don't I'm you not going to tell the story don't. because I reverence your heart, but um, I like my coffee like I like myself, half black, half white, um, and hot with the Holy Spirit. When I say, I mean like on fire with the Holy Spirit when I say hot, so yeah. And no other way do I mean the word happen. <laughs> but I'm doing this new thing where I'm not doing sugar right now. So it's been uh, it's been an interesting journey of, of not having sugar in my coffee. Uh, so, yeah, it's been good. But I do it every morning for sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. How do you do your coffee? Um, I have an espresso machine. I'm super spoiled. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to admit it right now. I'm so Whatever. spoiled. And so I have a latte every morning. This morning, I forgot to put my little one pump of vanilla. So I'm just offering it up for you guys. Oh. Just letting you know. <laughs> Hashtag first world problems. First world problems. <laughs> totally. I just, I know I'm so spoiled. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Oh gosh. Well, Father Josh, we, um, you had a homily that I think Michelle actually put out there for everybody to hear as, as you know, after the scandals kind of broke and we continue to see things coming out in the church. And you talked about the feminine genius and the heart of woman to really give to the church. And so we really wanted to invite you on as just a perfect compliment to really our series on the doctor of the church. And we're just going to use this quote from uh, St. John Paul II's letter to women to kind of guide this whole discussion. Okay, so here's what John Paul II says to all of us. He says, Womanhood and manhood are complementary, not only from the physical and psychological points of view, but also from the ontological. It is only through the duality of the masculine and the feminine that the human finds full realization. So can you tell us a bit about, I don't know, obviously what that quote means to you, but also just about the homily that you gave and kind of what's burning in your heart these days? 
Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, I just as a priest, women have been such a great gift to me in my ministry, and I've learned so much from women on how to how to help other people grow in their walk toward eternity and their walk toward becoming saints. Uh, but specifically, a gift that women have to offer that I, I've just noticed as I've been able to accompany so many women uh, in these short four years, five years of ministry uh, as, as a priest, is that women are super attentive. And as a priest, I'm just not. Like, I have no gift of being attentive to what's going on. But women have this gift of being aware of what's going on and this maternal spirit, this maternal, this motherly instinct to where they just don't tolerate anything whenever it comes to their children being harmed. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I think, I mean, I don't know about you, sister, but like when I was in seminary formation, and I had a great formation in seminary, like phenomenal, but there weren't a lot of, a lot of women in formation to, to give us the complimentary gift of, of, a, of a feminine genius for us to like learn from. And so I think sometimes whenever guys can go to seminary with like nothing but guys for most of the time, and then they go get into a parish, they don't rely on the gift that women have to offer the church. And specifically, we saw that in a very bad way with the scandals. You know, some of the priests were covering up for each other, and it was just disgusting. And I've always said, if there were women in those offices, um, if there was a policy that said a woman must be in the chancery, um, that stuff that went on for years ago or whatever, um, it, it would have never happened because a, a woman, a mother, would never say, I'm going to let my children be put in harm's way again. Or I'm going to trust my children with this, this, this person who clearly has a very serious issue. Uh, and so I think that women have a necessary role in the church, and I think that, the, that we are just finally growing into understanding what that role is um, as this evil of the scandal has come to the surface again. Mm-hmm. Now, Father, you and I have known each other a long time, and I, I know that you have been a huge student of Theology of the Body. Um, could you talk a bit about kind of what that catechesis of John Paul II has done for you and your priesthood, and also how you see it specifically being an instrument to guide us in society today? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, before Theology of the Body, I didn't, I didn't understand who I was in his image. You know, I didn't understand what the masculine genius was, right? Um, uh, because... We, we just don't know what we don't know, right? We all come from broken homes and from broken families. And so because of that brokenness, we believe lies about ourselves. that sometimes those lies that we believe about ourselves and about others, um, they affect the way that we act in the world and the way that we communicate and, and relate with other people. And so through spending years just immersing myself, first through Christopher West, um, he was my first introduction to T.O.B. Um, and then afterward, actually diving into John Paul's actual text, I really came to understand um, that not just for me as a man, but that all of us like will will understand who we are only in the context of our relationship with Jesus. Like Jesus Christ will reveal the masculine, the specific gifts that are are for men, and also the specific gifts that are for women. Um, and, and there are some gifts that, through my time of theology of the body, I've come to uh, understand and live out. Um, namely, um, the the gift that I have as, as a man to to provide to provide for, for, for the church, right? Um, it's just something that's innate within, and not that women don't provide, clearly, but there's just an innate gift and a desire and a longing for me to provide specifically the sacraments and to provide truth for my bride, right? The church is not an it. The church is a she. Mm. And so I'm married to the church, and I want to provide for her um, that which can help her become a saint, that which can help sanctify her in her walk toward eternity. I want to be present to her the way Joseph was present to Mary, like through it all. Um, I, I want to protect 
gosh, I want to protect the church, my bride, from from priests uh, who um, have been bad shepherds. <laughs> yeah. and, and and all this comes from the, the time that I've spent with St. John Paul the Great, right? He has been the instrument that God has used to help me see Christ through the lens of theology, the body, and see my bride through that lens as well. And, and also recognize the gift that my bride has to offer me in, in informing me um, how to be a good spouse to the church as well. I mean, and Sister Miriam, I'm not to like put you on blast, but like you were probably the first tangible concrete image of the church for me when I met you in seminary. Like you just being in a relationship with you, you you made me want to be a holy priest when I was in seminary because I wanted to protect you. Uh, because you were a, a concrete image of the church for me. Amen. And when I first met you, I was like, I, I, I see the church now. Like she images the church for me and I want to be holy for her because I don't I don't ever want to hurt her. And and that helped form me as a priest during my seminary years. Mm. Oh, you're gonna make me cry, man. That- <laughs> I know. We're all getting a little teary-eyed over here. Just yeah, that's beautiful. I think there's something powerful though, Father Josh, that you said. It's and John Paul II says it's the masculine and the feminine that the human finds more realization. When you know, I, I just want to make sure, like I think that um John Paul II goes on in Letter to Women says, you know, there's gonna be surprising manifestations of feminine genius that we have never even seen. Yeah. Like we are just unpacking the feminine genius, but the feminine genius, and I think women are playing a role for such a time as this that the church has never seen, but not to the detriment of men. He's not raising one sex to compete or compare or be at war with the other. He's raising both sexes up to become on equal, you know, because he's, we're both equal. We're both made in his image and likeness in um, equality, but complementary. Yeah. We're different, but we're complementary. And But I think we are just starting to unpack this. I mean, I think, Yeah. One of, one of the greatest insights I've learned from women that I've been walking with in, in recent years, and it started when I was at LSU as a campus minister there, um, as my first year as a priest, is um, just the gift specifically with like Creighton Fertility Care and NAPRO technology and all this stuff, um, w- which is both men and women have been, have been forming this. But specifically, like the women who I've been walking with have been helping me learn so much about women and their cycle. And how important it is for priests and men to understand what women go through with with their cycle and and how that it can affect their walk toward eternity and their their ability to pray well. Uh, I would have girls come to me and they were like some of the holiest students I've ever met in my life. And then the week before their period would come, they would go through all the different uh, emotions that come with that and the cramps and the pain. And they'd say, Father Josh, I don't get it. I don't know why I was. I was so mean to my roommates this week or I was so rough with my boyfriend or, or, or whatever. I didn't pray well. And as I began to learn about the, the cycle, right, which is something as a guy I've never experienced. Uh, I'm praising God I've never experienced it. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but because I've walked with women now who, who chart other women's cycles and that they taught me a little bit about it, then I was able to listen to them and learn from them on how to help these students of mine know, okay, right, you need to reverence yourself that week before your period, you're going to go through it. So how about you start charting if you can, um, and you're going to be able to discern how best to pray. And like, you shouldn't be fasting during that, that week because that's a big enough sacrifice as it is. And if you can communicate that with your roommates, then they can be aware, this week I shouldn't do that thing that I do that makes her mad because she's going to be going through her emotions. But those are some things that like, as a guy, I just never knew. I never understood that. And now as a priest, a pastor, uh, with the growing parish, with a bunch of young families, I'm learning even more about like what women go whenever they experience like breastfeeding. You know, I'm, I'm, once again, I'm a dude. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. But like 
I know it's beautiful, but I didn't realize it was so painful for so many women. And they, and there's just so much ache surrounding being able to breastfeed, not being able to breastfeed, experiencing a miscarriage, and then having the breast milk uh, remind you every day of that. So I mean, I'm just learning so much through spending time with these women and their gift that they're offering me is helping me communicate the gospel in a more effective way that they can actually chew on and that it won't be offensive to them and actually harm them and hurt them in their walk with Jesus. Father Josh, if you did a class for men on how to understand women's hormones, it would be probably the most attended class you have ever heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I would call it, the title of that class would be Your Body is a Wonderland. And... And it would be focused on the cycle of the church, the liturgical cycle of the church, and how women in one month can go through every single season of the, tur- the church's cycle, and how guys are pretty boring, and we're like Lent all year long, <laughs> or we're ordinary season all year long. There's like nothing special about what we, whereas we're women, like, y'all get all these, y'all like get, Lent. y'all like Easter one week, then you're Christmas the next week, then you're Lent the next week, and we're just these boring, lame, like, all the time, I'm angry, and it's like that's just that. It is what it is. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, Heather, you want to jump in here? That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> She's dying laughing. I'm, right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all know I'm crazy, right? <laughs> Father Josh, there's so many things that you're saying that I'm, I'm sitting here just listening, um, because I think sometimes we just need to hear the truth. You know, we just need to pause and listen to the truth. And you're speaking so much truth right now, which is really moving me deeply. But um, I think one of the things that you said that I love is that you're you're making things personal. You know, you're talking about things in a very, very personal way. Like you're seeing the person, not just women as a whole. You're seeing individual people. And uh, I don't think many of us pause enough to just like acknowledge the gift of the person who's right in front of us. And I was, it just made me think, you know, how have you experienced like in a personal way an encounter with God that has helped to shape, you know, a lot of the heart that you, that you now have? I would love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, one of the, thank you for asking that, Heather. Um, one of the most profound encounters that I've had with Jesus that has shaped the way that I view humanity um, and every person that I encounter, uh, it happened uh, about maybe eight years ago or something like that, maybe seven years ago. I was at a conference and I ran into one of my buddies who I hadn't seen in years. And he was, he was married and he was talking about his married life. And he, he revealed to me that six months after he and his wife got married, his wife became very sick with cancer. Um, and um, she ended up being paralyzed temporarily. And she her, had to have her eyes sealed shut. And she became deaf. And his marriage looked nothing like he thought marriage would be. And uh, he said, but my, I, I made a commitment. I made vows. And I'm not going to take a vacation from my vocation. And so um, whenever he said that, I mean, he's crying and I'm wow. getting emotional. So I remember running away from that conversation, going to the chapel of the Blessed Sacrament, falling on my face before Christ and asking him if I could love him that way, the way that my buddy loved his wife, and also if I could love the church that mm-hmm. way. And as, as per usual with Christ, there was a lot of silence. And then eventually I perceived Jesus asking me, will you let me love you that way? Will you be that vulnerable and that exposed with me the way she has to be with mm-hmm. him? And because I uh, believed a lot of lies about myself because of my brokenness and the sins I was still struggling with, I told the Lord no. Because I thought that if I let the Lord see all of me, that he would say, you're not good enough and, and I don't want you to be a priest anymore. And so I, I, I told him no, but mm. every day after that encounter with Jesus, I would always perceive him knocking at the door of my heart asking me, 
may I come in. He never forced himself in and he never imposed his will on me. He just constantly and daily um, asked for my permission to go places where I did not want him to go. Mm. And after a very long season of saying no to the Lord because I feared rejection, I allowed him in my heart. And I allowed him to see every room in my home, including the rooms of my virtue and my fidelity to prayer, but also the room of my shame and pain and hurts and wounds, the sins that I'd committed throughout my life and the sins that had been committed against me. And when I allowed him into that room specifically of that I didn't want him to go in, of my mess, uh, what I encountered was a God who looked mm-hmm. at me with nothing but uh, love and who spoke love into that area of my heart where I mm-hmm. did not want to be loved because I didn't love myself there. Mm-hmm. And after I experienced the Lord, like, go there with me, um, the way that we pray affects the way that we live our lives and we enter into relationships with others. And after that experience, it it just drew me to want to see other people and all of them, like their gifts and their and their mess, and and love them there and just like literally mm-hmm. accompany them anywhere. But also, I learned from the Lord to never impose and to never force anything on anyone, but to always just be invitatory and and to ask, um, may we go there? You know, like mm-hmm. may may we may we go to this place where we are perceiving the Holy Spirit and invite us? And if not, like. I'm cool. I'll sit outside your door for as long as you want me to sit outside. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, because of my experience with Jesus going there with me, that kind of inspired me to um, now as a priest, go there with people wherever there is. And for for all of us is different because we're all unique individuals and, and Christ has something Mm -hmm. unique in store for each one of us in our walk with him. But yeah, so that's kind of the way that, uh, because he was so good to me, I, how can I not be that way with others? Mm. That's That's gorgeous. I, I love the way, the tenderness of God, you know, that, that you experience there, you know, for, as we've been going through this series of the doctors of the church, we've been talking a lot about how, if we are to play a role in restoring the beauty of the church, that we first have to experience that in our own hearts. And I know for many of our listeners, like that's a rattling concept to begin to think about is like, well, if I go here, you know, if I go inside and allow God into those places, like, will he actually show up? Is he really going to be who he says he is? Not just, you know, in general, but for me in my specific situations. So I just wonder if you have, you know, any words of encouragement or anything that you would say to our listeners who might be in that place of questioning, like, how do I begin to let God restore the beauty in me first? Beautiful question. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it is, it's, it's simply um, placing ourselves in a space that's conducive to receive uh, from him. And so like, I remember when I would walk with kids who were discerning priesthood or religious life and they would uh, they'll be on the campus and they'll be dating somebody and say, I'm discerning the priesthood. And I said, are you discerning the priesthood? Because you're dating that girl, right? You need to, <laughs> if you're discerning the priesthood, it'd be best to be in a disposition that's proper to discernment, which is like going to a seminary for formation weekend or something. Or if you're a girl, like going to visit com- communities. And, but the same thing applies to the Lord is um, we all have a desire, every single one of us, male and female, we all have desires to be loved and to be wanted um, to, to, we do, you know, like uh, I think uh, speci- there's specific things that are unique to men. Like we, I think we all fear that we're inadequate, right? And, and then women fear that I'm never going to be loved. But, um, but we all have desires. And so uh, the Lord places those desires in our hearts because he's the one who's going to be able to tell us that we are enough. And he's going to be the one to tell us that, that we are loved. 
But in order to receive, it's like playing football. You got to go on the field. Mm -hmm. And so in order to receive, even if throughout my life I've been so hurt that it's hard to trust that God will come through, I'm just going to have to go and sit there. Like I'm going to have to give him the space every single day. And I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm here and you show up in your will, way, and time. Because we can't manipulate his love because he's a person. And we can't force God to do anything either, just like he won't force mm -hmm. us. But we can certainly receive if we place ourselves in that posture of receptivity, which literally can be every single one. And, and y'all been encouraging your listeners, which I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm one of the many men who listen to this. But, uh, but y'all been encouraging us to every morning spend time during Lectio Divina. And so uh, one of the most practical ways to receive is, is to pray with the scriptures. Because when we pray with the scriptures in the morning and we read what the word of God says and we focus on what it's saying to me, and we have a conversation with Jesus about what his word is saying to me, we become more familiar with him and we encounter a God who is gentle. And like you said, Heather, a God who is tender. He's so tender. Mm -hmm. um, and we encounter the, the person, Jesus. And then through actually getting to know his voice in the word during that time of receptivity of prayer, we're going to be able to receive his, his voice um, in a way that we will not be able to receive his voice if we mm -hmm. don't know him first mm -hmm. in the scripture. Uh, so it, it requires us on our part to, to prioritize intentional time with Jesus and then to trust that um, he's going to come through. And, and he always does come through, but sometimes in the most unexpected ways. For some people I've walked with, it's literally been in their mm -hmm. sleep. <laughs> like they have been sleeping and in a dream, in a dream, they experienced a profound encounter with Christ, and which was really cool because in that way they knew that there was no way that they could manipulate anything. It was mm -hmm. a straight-up gift from the Father to them. Um, other people, it's through a conversation with somebody when they're at work, and they're like, wait a minute, oh, this is God speaking to me through you. And some people, it's a song on the radio. And so, but because they were able to experience it in that person or in that song or in their sleep, because they gave him time in the mm. morning. And, and so because you give God time in the morning or evening or whenever you can give him that time, um, we, we open our hearts to receive um, in the way that's best for us. Yeah, I would imagine that some people, when they're sleeping, it's the only time they're not resisting. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually require you to sleep, though, Heather. <laughs> oh, and I love what you said, though. I think you allowed the Father to go into places that you had shame. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that is just like opening the doors wide. I think one of the beautiful but hard things about what's going on in the church now is like all of our secrets. And Sister always has that saying, it's a 12 step saying, we're, what is it, Sister? We're only as strong as our, I mean, we're, we're sick as our secrets are. Only as sick as our secrets. Yeah, we're only as sick as our secrets are. And so it's like opening wide the doors to let the light come in all those dark places and all those hidden closets, all of those underneath the bed places and allowing, um, you know, the light to come into those places of shame. So what would you just even say to our podcast listeners? And so how do you let that light come in to the places of shame in our own personal life? And how do we let that light come into the places of the church mm. that need the darkness that needs to be exposed um, there? Oh, that's a great question. What do y'all think first? I, I, want, I want to take on the, the receptivity part and listen to y'all first, because I think the, as a woman, as women, y'all have a, a gift to offer first. So I want to receive, then I'll share. If that's okay no. with y'all. No, that's absolutely great. Um, sister, what about you? What do you think? Well, I just, yeah, I, as Heather said, Father, it's just beautiful to see, um, just to have, it's just beautiful to be in your presence right now. I just want to affirm that. And like, I think there's, there's such a tender openness when somebody's willing to be vulnerable, that it allows vulnerability in others. And I, I really do say, you know, it's, it is a rare gift among men to sit in the presence of a man and to have him be vulnerable with his heart. And I think, 
I know that's one of the reasons why, not because of the ontological reality that you embraced as bridegroom of the church, but it's as bridegroom, as really an image of Christ, as your heart is configured to him, um, that you've allowed that to to come to pass and to be open. And so that, I know that's one of the reasons why that Christ uses you so effectively and does not use you, but you become his heart for people, which unlocks hearts of others. Um, mm. And it's true. I, you know, really, I really believe, you know, more and more that um, as these things happen in the church and, and for a time such as this, that there just is no substitute for, uh, there is no substitute for personal holiness and personal conversion. And the only way that happens is going directly to the heart. And there's just no other way. And just like every relationship is a heart, but relationships are heart to heart. It's, it's the unveiling of the heart and uh, the degree to which we allow Christ to see, like you were saying so succinctly, seeing all those parts of us and allowing his tender kindness to, um, to be manifest there and to, to heal us, to receive that gift of healing. That's the degree to which our hearts are conformed to him. And then we offer that kind of love to others. Mm. Yeah. So that's so beautiful. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I. Um, I know one of the things for me is that if I don't know who Jesus is, I can't look at any of this. Like I can't look at it in my own heart. I can't look at it in the church. If I don't yeah. really know that He is good, and that He is Lord, that He is sitting on the throne, and that nothing is too strong for Him, nothing is too overpowering for Him, that He's not still in a battle trying to wondering if He's going to win, that He already has won, you know, that He has the victory. If I don't know that, and I don't believe that, I can't look at any of this, you know. And those are the places in my own heart that I've experienced the restoration. Uh, in the healing of God that I hang on to as hope. But I think for those of us who haven't, we need to go into the scriptures. We need to be looking at the word of God and trusting in his promises there that he is good and that he is faithful. And in the whole story of the gospel and in scriptures, it is like humanity failing and turning away and being the adulterer uh, and God being faithful over and over and over and over again. And so for me, as I, as I begin to look in my own life again, I just need to keep hanging on to those promises that, God, you are faithful and that you're actually drawn to my weakness. As we were talking about with St. Therese, the little flower, she, she learned that on the deepest level, that God was drawn to her weakness. He, he actually found it, you know, like it would draw him in. It would draw in his affection towards mm. her. Amen. And, um, and I know in regards to the church, I, I feel like it, it is a time, like as I go, I can't, I can't have any more hiding in my own life. And we also can't hide in the church anymore. So it's time, as painful as it might be to look at it, I'm not going to hide like I'm in a dysfunctional family and pretend that it's not happening. It's happening. And if I want to play a role in the restoration of the church, then I'm going to have to look. I'm going to have to look at all of the most disgusting parts of what's going on so that I can be a conduit of the grace of God to bring healing and restoration in a small way, as little as I am. Like I, I don't feel like I have anything to offer except for an open heart right now to what God might want to do. And, um, and so for me, it's about just a decision that I'm not going to hide and then trusting in who God is. What about you, Michelle? I agree. I think Father Josh and I, even we were talking on the phone a couple days ago and I told him like, just realizing that there is a, um, responsibility with our yes. There's a responsibility, what the Lord is asking of us, of our fiats, our personal fiats. And what you were talking about, Heather, about hiding. Like, what areas do I, am I hiding? Like, we have to be serious about our personal holiness. Like Sister was saying, mm -hmm. we don't have the option anymore. Like, you can't, it's not the hokey pokey anymore. Like, oh, foot in, foot out, here we go. Like, we have to be all in 
you know, and it really, I mean, I don't want to sound harsh, but if we're not all in, we need to just take a step back because it's not doing the church any good to be lukewarm, you know, and he's, you know, scripture tells us he's going to spit us out of his mouth if we are lukewarm. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been a lukewarm church and I think yeah, for everything, real, of, the church doesn't need any more lukewarm Catholics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it means like Father Josh's coffee, it needs to be hot and on fire, baby. And so <laughs> like with the Holy Spirit and just allowing the Holy Spirit to go to this hidden places. And I'm not sure who the quote the person quoted it, you know, but if we don't transform our um, wounds, we will transmit them, you know, and I see that with my own children. Like, you know, all of us have been doing our work the last year and a half and it's painful. It is painful. It hurts to rip those band-aids off. And it is painful to look at areas of sin and woundedness. It is not like, this is not a feel good thing, but it has yeah. to be done. But man, that redemption song that he sings over us is a powerful thing. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and I just want that chorus of redemption songs being sung and full volume, you know, blasting loud for the, for us personally, for our listeners and for the church. Like I want the church to rise and be who she is created to be. But that first and foremost requires us to rise and be who we are created to be in unity in fullness in our humanity, trusting in his divinity. So, and like you said, Michelle, it's unity right there, right? So we, we need to be in intentional relationships with each other because when we're with each other, we have the ability um, to transform each other. I, I spent some time yesterday with a, a, a hermit. Her name is Sister Teresa. And so she spends most of her time in solitude with the Blessed Sacrament. And then whenever I went to visit her, she was so filled with joy that her joy convicted me to be more joyful. It convicted Amen. me just by being in her presence. And so if she lived in isolation apart from me and never shared that with me, then maybe I wouldn't have been convicted and been transformed by being with Christ in her presence. And so um, we need to be in community because when we isolate ourselves from each other, uh, then what we experience is Judas, a life of Judas, Mm. where we ended up just really hurting the body of Christ. Mm. Um, But whenever we can like dwell with each other in each other's brokenness, then over time God can use us to purify each other um, through his grace. I mean, the Lord places us in community because we are made in the image of God, mm-hmm. who is a community of persons. And so we all absolutely fundamentally need each other. No person is an island. And and so that 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 need for not only intentional time with Jesus every single day, which we absolutely need, um, but also intentional time with our brothers and sisters who can purge us and purify us mm-hmm. um, is something that we have to do. Because that's what Christ did. Like He dwelt in a small group community of 12 apostles and specifically three, Peter, James, and John. And so we need to find our small groups of people that we can really accompany and go mm-hmm. there with um, so that God can use us to be instruments of his healing for and with each other. Mm, amen. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love that. I absolutely love that. Yes. You know, and I think that's why we, like on the podcast, we continually um, invite everyone is to find community where you are and just and find community. And it is going to be imperfect. If you are looking for a perfect community, it doesn't exist. No, way, um, <laughs> no. It, doesn't. it doesn't exist. There is not one person is going to meet all your needs. There is not one community, but find some committed, imperfect people and start being open, you know, and that's just how we start. We start little mm-hmm. by little. And that is how we start. Heather, what are your thoughts? I could see. Yeah, sometimes you need to not be looking at what other people are offering you, but what can you offer to other people? It's like if if people don't know how to accompany one another, you know, maybe you need to model that instead of just expecting it to happen or getting discouraged by it. I think the enemy can work so easily in discouragement and division in relationships. And so, you know, it's like you got to be 
what for other people what you want them to be for you. And so mm-hmm. I think it begins with ourselves again. What about you, sister? Oh, certainly. And I, I, yeah, we need each other deeply and yeah, the, but all the gifts are needed and we have to, yeah, we have to be willing to, to do our own work, to allow Christ to come and heal us and to be able to give that gift to others. So yeah, it, it's just not an option. Christianity is not meant to be lived in isolation. You know, we're a fellowship and so uh, we're called to be one and that, and it is difficult. It's not easy, but it's certainly, you know, it's certainly worth it. And for a time such as this, you know, definitely. So, um, Father Josh, we are almost out of time. We're going to ask you what your one thing is for the week, but I was wondering, do you have any just kind of, it's just been delightful that we could just talk for hours. It's been delightful to have you on the show. Maybe we'll have you on uh, again another time, but just as you see the reciprocity and what the church, what the Holy Spirit's doing in the church right now in the masculine and the feminine gift, you know, what, what do you think the Holy Spirit is saying to us right now in the church about these gifts and what needs to happen? I think, uh, thank you for that question. Uh, I've been pondering the, the gift of, of men and women lately, and I think that the Holy Spirit is inviting us to all fast more in this season of our life. Mm. Uh, St. John Christum, he writes a lot about fasting, and he says we shouldn't just fast from food, but we should fast from talking um, so that we can really listen to the other and, mm. and ponder what the other says. And so I, I think that the Holy Spirit is inviting us to fast from speaking um, and then to... Um, to do Lexio Divina with what the other person has said, to, to, to really mm. take time after I've heard like this, some of this, this podcast when it's, when it gets aired, I'm going to say, what did Heather say? What did Michelle say? And what did Sister Miriam say? Then I'm going to say, what does that say to me? Then I'm going to talk to God about what it says to me. And then I'm going to hopefully follow up with y'all because it's what we said tonight or today is only surface. Like it can only go, it can go so much deeper. There's always so much more. And so I think that the Holy Spirit is inviting us to begin to fast from speaking and to intentionally listen well to the, the, the other, the bride, the beloved, um, so that we can be transformed at a deeper level by Christ through other people's gift that they have to offer, um, specifically men listening to women and women listening to men, um, which, which can be diff- difficult at times because we are equal, but we are so very different. <laughs> Dude, that just totally rocked my whole world. <clears throat> I know. I could see my your face. Too. Like, if you guys could see Heather's face right now, it's just like, tell us, tell, can you tell us, Heather, what's going on? It's just beautiful. Would you be willing to share? Uh, the the Lexio Divina with, the, with what the person is saying. I mean, this just like, ex- my husband Jake and I have been talking about, you know, things like Instagram and how we just scroll, 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 like through all of these powerful things. Like, it's just like, we're overloaded with like amazing things and powerful things. And we scroll through it as if it's nothing, as if it's like, you know, almost worthless. And we never take time to sit and really not just hear it or see it, but to let it actually be planted in our heart and take root and then bear fruit in our life. So what you're saying is like a whole different level. Oh my gosh. So good. I'm going to sit with that for a long time. I just wrote that Lexio Divina with what people say. Like uh, that mm. is just, that's some richness right there, <laughs> Father Josh. That is some really good stuff. <laughs> yes. That was powerful. Oh, yeah. gosh. oh, wow. And so we, yeah. I love y'all so much. Oh, but, but my one thing too, I get to that book though. So my one okay. thing. All right. You, all right. All right. Yeah. Get yeah. your one Yay. thing on that. Come on. Okay. With two things. One thing I want to do a, a selfish. <laughs> you're like Michelle. You wait, wait. You're the first time you're on the show, and you're already like Michelle. Like, no, I get two. One thing. <laughs> two things because y'all love me so much. So two things. One, right, I gotta go. selfishly promote the book "Broken and Blessed: An Invitation to My Amen. Generation" through Ascension Ascension Press. Uh, it's it's uh, been well, the cool thing about that is that it's uh, I I wrote it because I was hoping that I'll see supernatural fruit, and people have come to the confessional because of it. So I'm praising Amen. Jesus. Amen. But the one thing that I'm like getting rocked. In my my world right now is this book called Insinu Yezu. 
And it's written by this oh, yeah, monk, a good a, one, a priest, um, to just help them to be more rooted in the Eucharist. And I, five different people bought me the book. And the first like four mm. times I got it, I was like, I don't want it. It looks mm. stupid. <laughs> it looks so boring. And, and I tried to read it. And like, you know, you have this phase in life where you're into mystics and some phases you're not. And like, I'm not in the mystic phase right now. I was like, I don't, I don't care for reading mystics right now. I mean, like modern mystics, because some of them are crazy. And uh <laughs> But it, I kept getting the book so many times that I, I perceived maybe this is the Holy Spirit telling me to read this book. And it has completely, completely allowed me to enter into a deeper intimacy with Jesus in the Eucharist. And it's such a gift from my heart. And I've been journaling a lot more now because of it, because it's just it brings up so many memories of my relationship with the Lord. And it's been a huge gift. So if you have any priests in your life that you want to give a gift to, I would highly recommend In Senior Yezu. Um, or this really cool book called Broken and Blessed by Father Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll put the link so people can, you know, get those on Amazon or um, off the Essential it's website. It's an impressive, so. yes. That's yeah, awesome. oh my gosh. Heather, what, what is your one thing? What would you like to share with the listeners this week? Well, I have two one things as well because oh, Father Josh you? is on. I mean, I must say... Father Josh has a podcast. For those of you who don't know, Father Josh has a podcast mm-hmm. called Ask Father Josh. And it's like a super simple format of, you know, three questions that listeners write into Father Josh. They're relevant. They're real. They make sense. It's the questions that most people have on their heart, either about the faith or like how you specifically live it. What does this mean for a Catholic today? And it's a wonderful podcast. I've let my kids listen to a few of them when they have questions. and they, they love it. They were like super stoked that I, that I was talking to you this morning. So I would just want to recommend that our listeners check out the podcast because it is really good. And I love your voice mm-hmm. in the church, Father Josh. I'm just so, so grateful mm-hmm. for you. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, Jesus, thank you. My other one thing is an older worship song, but it just keeps coming up, especially now um, and in light of our conversation today and what we were talking about. It Is Well by Christine DeMarco. Um, and I'm going to put the video up because it's really, it's it's just a powerful prayer time. There's been many times that I've just sat with that worship video and just prayed with that. And sometimes, you know, worship leaders can express something that is in our heart that we don't know how to say to God. And they've been inspired by the Holy Spirit to pray a certain way. So I just want to offer that to our listeners. We'll put it on the website. You can check it out there. Uh, Just click on the episode of what you're looking for, and it'll have all the show notes from today. Michelle, what's your several one things? (laughs) Do you feel the abuse, Father Josh? Do you feel it? Okay. (laughs) I love you. I love you. Um, my several one things, I do have two one things, but anyway, my several one things are, um, first and foremost, when, by the time the podcast launches, it will be out, but they are redoing the greatest showman, um, album with all these different pop artists. So it's pink, it's Sarah Borales, it's the Zac Brown band. And I got a couple, Oh, I love it. I love the greatest showman. I love the, I love the artists. They came to, um, collaborate with that project. I love any kind of collaboration project. So the greatest showman reimagined, um, I'm excited about that. But then another friend sent me a book about Mother Angelica from Raymond Aurora. Is that how you say his last name, sister? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, her biography. And I did not n- know parts of her story. And I am finding this book stinking fascinating. This woman, Isn't oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. She's a she's She a is a fireball. Then. And yeah. how many people told her that she, um, no and that she was crazy and um, that a poor Claire nun could not do all this? And she just, nope. Holy Spirit told her, so she was going to move. And I'm just getting the biggest kick out of this book. Y'all may be hearing about a hundred quotes from it um, in the 
uh, upcoming podcast, but I love it. It's just really good. And I love biographies anyway. I love reading about people's stories. So Sister Miriam, what is your one, two, th- three things today? <laughs> <laughs> my one thing, well, my, I was going to have Father Josh's podcast be my one thing, but um, I, uh, the very first uh, episode of this season, I recommended a podcast called The Place We Find Ourselves, and it has been blessing me and so many people that I know immensely. Um, Adam Young, who is the host of that podcast, just released a series called How Healing Happens, and it's mm-hmm. a three-part series, and it is just broken my heart wide open. Last night I was listening to part three of it and I was just in the dark saying, amen, brother. It is so good. So I just want to recommend his podcast again, but I want to also put out the links for how healing happens, part one, two, and three, because he's really talking about the Paschal mystery and how we heal and how we rise. And it is, y'all, it is outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. We need yeah. to have him on the show. I know. Because yeah. we love him so much. He's so, so amazing. Yeah, I would just love to have him on as a guest on our show one day. So I, I will certainly put that out there. So um, Father Josh, it's been a, just a distinct honor just to have you on our show. Thank you for the masculine genius that you give us. Thank you for your priesthood. Thank you for pouring out yourself for the bride. You are a truly remarkable and exquisite person. So we just you want are. to say thank you. And we love you. Thank you, We Father love you Josh. very much. Yeah. Father, would you be willing to just lead us in a prayer and give us your blessing, please? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we just give you thanks and praise for coming into our hearts uh, during this podcast. (laughs) We just ask that you just go um, wherever you desire to go. We give you full permission, Lord. We give you permission over our hearts, over our minds, over our bodies, over our lives, over everything. You come and you go as you please, and you lead us to go where you desire for us to go in our walk toward eternity, to become the saints that you desire for us to be. We trust in you. We trust that you will be gentle with us as you purify us, that you will be tender with us as you heal us, that you will be gentle as you redeem us in our walk with, with you, Lord. We are yours and you are ours. Give us the grace to just allow you to have total, total access into all of our being for our sanctification, for the sanctification of the entire church, and most importantly, so that we can imitate Jesus and do everything that we do for the glory of God, our Father. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Father Man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry for the poor connection. (laughs) Thank you, Father Josh. Thank you, listeners. And we just pray that this week God opens your eyes uh, just to the deeper levels of the masculine and the feminine genius that we could truly, in a sense, uh, practice Alexio Divina with one another, just to sit in each other's presence, to listen deeply, and to to take to heart what God is saying through one another. So if you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can email us at abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com. That is abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com to have all the show notes emailed to you. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email. Give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.